Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the quantum realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Loren Gailey, and I welcome you to this very sacred space that we open today. We're talking with spiritual teacher and intuitive healer, Matthew John, who shares his insight. We're talking about an Ascension update today. And you know, with this show, we're always talking about and encouraging new earth through living in the heart. And this means being in the heart and being connected to the higher self. That really is the journey. And there's ways that we can be distracted from that. So we're gonna talk about this Ascension update and really, truly, what's going on. So let's welcome Matthew John back to Quantum Conversations. Hello, Matthew, welcome. Hi, Loren, thank you for having me again. It's really nice to be back and it's great to be on season 29 doing, doing video now. So thank you for having me, I really appreciate it. It's beautiful to see you, yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And I invite all of those watching on any watching or listening on any platform to join our Zoom audience by going to AcousticHealth.com and you'll see the way to sign up for that. Okay, perfect. Well, Matthew, here we are, September 2021. Wow. This is really the time to stay centered and stay in the heart. How is everyone doing with that? How are your clients doing with that? How is the collective doing with that? What's that perspective? Oh boy. Well, I think it's uh, just like everything. It really differs how well people are doing with it. Um, it's it kind of one of the ideas that I want to share today in, in my little Ascension update. And then of course we'll get to Q and A and do some live readings for people. So those of you who uh, would like to get a totally free live reading with me on the call, uh, you know, we'll do that later. But um, we're, we're all kind of living in the same playing field, but not in the same reality necessarily. And it's an idea that I've tried to understand over the years. And as the years go on and in my practice, I learn more and more through reading, through channeling, through my own consciousness, through my clients, through my clients' regressions. And I start to just put together more pieces of the puzzle as to what life is all about and what this all means. And I'm, I've been really toying with the idea recently of multiple timelines and of living in a, a space-time continuum, a space-time um, playing field, so to speak, but not necessarily having all beings being on the same timeline. And this was, um, this was modeled in, uh, had a very cool, uh, regression session with a, a client, um, uh, last week. And, uh, she was channeling through some information from some Syrian beings. And, uh, this was shown pretty, uh, pretty visually to her and she was explaining it to me and I was seeing it visually as well, how we're all just creating our own individual timelines in this world that we're all sharing. We all are sharing the same space, but yet we're all creating individual timelines. And then there's also many collectives 
that are creating their own collective timelines. And thus we could really say that everyone is actually living in a separate reality. And I've always known that to be true. You don't really know me and I don't really know you. I think you're great, but we don't really know each other. The closest people in your life, you don't even really know them because you're only seeing a projection in your consciousness of who they are. They are a part of your timeline. They're a character in your timeline and the role that they play in your life is different than the role that you play in their lives. And sometimes it's just very subtle differences, but this is kind of a basic uh, model of how we're all actually living in separate timelines. So it's like there's these big collective timelines that are kind of grouping together. One timeline we might say is a darker agenda and is lead, is attempting to lead humanity down a path that we wouldn't want to see it go down with more control, more manipulation, less freedom, et cetera. And then there's another collective timeline that's forming that is trying to lead humanity in the other direction, which is back towards that freedom and sovereignty, the new earth communities, a new way of exchanging information and exchanging economic uh, value. And we're seeing that timeline be created. And then there's all these timelines in between that on all sorts of, and then there's timelines way to the extremes of either side of those two that are kind of off in the, the land of more illusion. But all these timelines are like bumping up against each other like bumper cars, really. And then what we're seeing out in the world is an interpretation of the timeline you're on. And also because everything is a paradox and amalgamation of all these different timelines that are bumping up against one another. Yes. Yes. So isn't that important that be careful of what we focus on or what we yes. watch? Yes. Yes. And and that's that's one of the main points uh, that but I would like people to take away timeline. from this. Yeah. Yes. So we can create. So how do we create our timeline, our optimal timeline for New Earth with this collective? Right. Right. So so what we want to do is to focus on what we want to create. It's the whole law of attraction, Adage really um, applies here, is we want to focus on what we want. So if we want to create a world where everyone has freedom to choose, no matter what the choice is, then we have to make sure that freedom to choose is at our focus. And that includes freedom to allow people to make their own choices, regardless of whether we agree with those choices or not. That's part of it because the freedom program creates more freedom. The division program creates more division. And part of the division program is judgment. It's judgment of others who make decisions that are different than what we feel is best for them or what we feel would be best for us in that situation. So along with honoring everyone's free will is honoring everyone's decisions and honoring everyone's state of mind and honoring honoring where people are at and what what knowledge they've accumulated and what their beliefs are it may or may not be true in the sense in the grander sense of what is actual truth but that's not necessarily as important as the fact that we are creating a world where freedom of thought and freedom of information and freedom of choice is those are our number one values that and of course that all life should be sacred and all life should be treated as such 
And I believe also, you know, that all beings should have enough resources to be able to be healthy and to, to be happy as well. Those for me would be like the, the top three most important things to see and, and that we're respecting the earth itself and the plants and the animals as well. Those would be the top things that I would want to see in the new earth. So we have to create a world right now through the way that we speak about things, through the way that we uh, see things where we're honoring freedom. Yes, I think everybody wants the same thing. If we really boil it all down to what does everyone want, right? Everyone wants freedom and um, new earth. Well, vibration. no, not everyone wants freedom. That's I wouldn't say that's true. I would say probably all light workers want freedom. Um, not necessarily every being on the planet is at a state in their their specific life plan that their souls created where um, freedom and love and resources for all beings is something that uh, they want. Uh, there's some beings that may need to go through further spiritual development and multiple reincarnations perhaps before they get there. But most beings, yes. So sorry, I, I didn't mean to jump in, but. No, that's okay. Cause someone said, yes, that's correct. Just like not everyone wants to be healed. Okay. It, yes, that's correct too, yes. Um, I suppose I was attempting to look at the very divisive world out there and, and look at the common threads in the division of humanity. Yes. And so if we look at it that way, let's talk about it as new earth as, and new earth. It really is a vibration. It is a vibration. And it is. Yeah. And so when you're talking about everyone running around, you know, it, it, it's kind of hilarious if you really stop to think about it, the reality bubbles that everyone is walking around creating and that literally three feet in front of me is my reality bubble. Yes. And right now at this moment, we happen to have a beautiful audience on our Zoom in our reality bubble. Yeah. And we have each other that we're communicating with in this reality bubble. So this timeline that we can re um, weave with our new earth vision and vibration could be used in a powerful way absolutely meditations and such right so that is a good thing that's happening but anyway i want to give you more time to talk about the ascension update because it, again it goes back to timelines and what timeline you're creating and what are yeah. you creating at? I, I like how you use that that's a great term i, I might borrow that reality bubble that's a really good way of describing it yeah, you're, you have a specific reality bubble that's right within you that's based on uh, the experiences you've had throughout life and what you've consumed, the information that you've consumed. And also it's based on your personality, it's based on your astrology as well. Um, and that then, it colors the projection. It colors the projection of the outside world. This is why some people love a certain political leader and some people hate a certain political leader. Some people love a certain celebrity. Some people hate a certain celebrity. It's, it's your own bubble that you've created that creates that projection. And we can um, kind of construct combine you. mental that? construct, mental construct, mental constructs. Yeah. And so when we look at fear and what fear is, we can see that fear is literally a prison. Yeah. And, and that, and that fear feeds fear, but it doesn't matter what the fear is of. It doesn't matter. It, it's about the vibration of fear itself. 
So more fear feeds more fear and creates more fear and adds fear to the, the field. The field is the idea that although we're all, it's the, everything is a paradox in life, everything. And someday that'll be the title of my first book when I have time to write. That's a good one. Please you wrote give that me down. more time to write. Um, yes. But uh, uh, when the time comes. Did you um, write that down so you won't forget it? Oh, believe me, it's in here. It's, okay. it's been in here for, for years. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, everything is a paradox. So uh, we are creating these individual timelines. We're creating these collective timelines that are bumping up against each other and and kind of fight, fighting for what is the dominant timeline. Yet at the same time, there's a field that connects all beings, all 7.8 billion or 8 billion or whatever it's at, human beings, the animals are in there, the plants, everything's into that field. And even though you're creating your own reality, everything that you do in the playing field that we're sharing also affects that field as well. And then that also affects back to you somehow. So it's both, it's both the individual and in the, in the um, context of ascension, it's we're both ascending individually in our own little ascension bubble. And that is the Merkaba. The Merkaba is your own little ascension bubble. And as this, you're, the fragmented soul that you are, whether you're a fragment of a soul that comes from an extraterrestrial planet or a different galaxy, or even if you're a, a whole soul or a fragment of a soul that comes through Alcyon into the earth realm, regardless, when you start to get on that ascension path and build more energy, your toroidal field starts to actually build more energy and the Merkaba starts to actually build around you. And for those of you uh, watching who don't know what a Merkaba is, please go to Google or your favorite search engine and type in Merkaba and you can see what it looks like. And a great meditation that you, you can do just whenever is to just imagine yourself in that Merkaba and that in itself can be a great way to just kind of push your ascension along. And even if not pushing it farther along than it would have been, at least to just remind your subconscious and your conscious mind exactly what you're doing in this physical body. You're here for ascension. So we all have that individual ascension, yet there's also the collective planetary ascension. There's only so much influence, again, the paradox, there's only so much influence that we can have on that uh, planetary ascension as individuals Yet without, without our influence, the planetary ascension cannot happen. So it's the paradox of like, you can, you can do everything you want. You can be the most you know, wonderful being, helping as many people as you can, being a philanthropist, helping animals, whatever your dharma or your service work is, but you can't necessarily, you can't force the collective ascension along. And we sometimes get frustrated as lightworkers when we look in the outside world and it looks like nothing's changing or it looks like things are getting worse. And it, from one viewpoint, they are getting worse. But from another viewpoint, they're not. From another viewpoint, they're getting better. And from another viewpoint, it's just happening all according to plan. And it's happening exactly. That was one of the bullet points I was going to address. You know, have we entered an alternate timeline or no? No, we haven't really. We're still on the, 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 the best possible ascension path. One of the cool things that... Um, and this great regression a couple of weeks. So one of my clients, um, she had seen the Syrian beings looking through this holographic uh, projector, looking at earth and looking at different timelines and looking at the specific timeline where she as a star seed was, was uh, uh, focused into. And 
what was happening with that timeline and what would happen with that timeline. So, you know, the ETs can, our, our ET friends can look from the future and can see where we're at and can see what the likely outcome is. And no matter what this ascension, uh, the planetary ascension has to take place. It absolutely has to. The reason being is because earth, I see earth and many people see earth like this as it was this grand laboratory experiment, many different extraterrestrials involved. The Anunnaki, the um, the the Lyrans, the uh, the Blue Avians, the Pleiadians, the Syrians. There's a lot of different beings, both in this galaxy and outside the galaxy, that like to watch what goes on here. And one of the ideas of this greater galaxy of the Milky Way, the experiment of the Milky Way, was to see what would happen if negative consciousness, negative or negatively oriented consciousness, which spins in an opposite direction than the positively oriented consciousness, would be uh, would provide an impetus for positively oriented conscious, positively oriented civilizations and planets to ascend faster. And this was one of the, this is one of the things that we're experiencing on earth is this experiment. And really, as it turned out, the answer is actually no, is actually what happens is the negatively oriented consciousness just takes over like a virus. Uh, so, isn't that what we've witnessed? Exactly. We, so, I mean, that was the fall of Lemuria. We were, we, we said, yeah. yes, we yeah. can bring in the laggards in hopes to influence them towards love during the last shift, right? But we know, yeah, that's what you said. It doesn't work. It, it, it doesn't work. And, and actually, an interesting thing is that uh, towards the end of Atlantis and Lemuria, it seems as if um, the Pleiadians and perhaps other ET civilizations had actually tried some direct interference to try to stop what may have been coming as far as the Atlanteans taking, just destroying the planet basically, which they basically did. Um, and it didn't work either. And the Pleiadians, it seems have kind of said after that, that they, they would not intervene again. And I, it seems like all the ET, uh, the extraterrestrial races that are having, have a kind of an interested hand in, Earth, in Earth's affairs, have all kind of agreed probably through the Galactic Federation that there will no, be no interference. There is no interference, except uh, there will not, from what I understand, and there's no way to prove any of this, but we wouldn't be allowed to have a nuclear war on this planet because that would be what happened in Atlantis. And we saw what happened. And then we would have to start over and take another 26,000 years to get this ascension done which the astrology is not supposed to be that. The astrology, the age of Aquarius, being directly across the age of Leo where Atlantis and Lemuria was, this is supposed to be the age of light. So it will be. And so when, the ET, when our ET friends look from the future and they see the age of Aquarius, they see that the ascension happened. They see that the golden age, the new earth did come about. So that's the only safeguard that's in place as far as direct interference, no nuclear wars. Um, and also the Syrians, as far as I've seen and understand, have a blockade of ships around the planet to prevent any further infiltration from any off-planet negatively oriented beings who want to make things even worse for Earth. Other than that, there's no interference. But what they do do is, first of all, the starseeds are here. You and I and everyone else on this call, or most people on this call are probably starseeds. You're probably, your, your soul, Earth soul is probably a fragment of some sort of extraterrestrial being that has been focused here with intention. So that's one way that this ascension takes place. The other way is through frequencies through frequencies there there's our, our ET friends are constantly directing different frequencies 
kind of using the sun as a relay system to earth to activate DNA and to activate the star seeds and to, um, to kind of shake things up energetically a bit. So they can do that from afar, but they're just not directly interfering. And we shouldn't wait for them to directly interfere either. We shouldn't wait for right. aliens to land and, you know, meet the world leaders and just say, oh, everything's fine now. Here's your check for a million dollars, everyone on earth. Like, I wouldn't wait for that because it won't happen. Don't um, hold your breath. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So I just want to ask a question here yeah. from a larger perspective. So um, darkness then the darkness then that we each incarnated to overcome is that darkness within ourselves and is the journey to overcome that darkness within us yeah so everything so not only is everything a paradox everything is also a mirror everything is also a reflection and um absolutely i'm glad you brought that up because that's a, a point that's not mentioned a lot um the shadow aspect of self uh there everything we see in the outside world that we judge all the people in the outside world that we judge and usually especially like you can see this most in your family members like think about the closest family members that you have the most judgment for or you've had the most judgment for throughout your life um these are the people that are showing you where their shadow aspects within these shadow aspects will show up in usually one way or another sometimes minor ways in your in your current lifetime but in other lifetimes they showed up in much bigger ways and all of us if we, unless you're one of the rare people that are a fragment of some extraterrestrial being that comes here for like one lifetime and, and just goes right back, you're just this quick, like, it's very rare. But other than that, all of us as star seeds and earth seeds have lived hundreds, if not thousands of lifetimes on earth. And in some of those lifetimes, you played a bad guy, you played a bad person, you played someone who hurt people. And so you're, you've just gone a little faster from the current linear time perspective you just happen to go a little bit ahead of most of the world in finding your heart and finding love and finding unity consciousness because the there has to be a leading edge so it's like if you imagine that uh, ascension is like a, a wave coming into shore and the leading edge of that wave the foamy part on on the beach that's the leading edge of the star seeds mostly and a few earth seeds in there who are have accelerated enough and have uh, gone through enough of their karma and have gained enough wisdom from going through that karma to be able to start to embody the unity consciousness grids in, in themselves and also then to start to model that to the world. And for many of us also to teach that to the world in some way, whether it be through just your friends or you, you're a coach or a healer or a psychic or, you know, whatever YouTube person, you know, Okay, so, yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for sharing on that. Um, I, I wrote that down, embodying the unity consciousness grid within ourselves. Yeah. I mean, that's really where we're at in this Ascension timeline is developing that unity consciousness. And truly, what does that mean? So it's an individual journey, isn't it? This is totally an individual journey. Well, it's both. It's mm -hmm. both. It's both. As I one. said before, we can't on our, we can't on our own force the outside world to change. And yet everything we do also does affect the grid and the field. So we have a great responsibility. And yes. when we understand that, we're more apt to choose love, unity, forgiveness, letting go of um, grievances, letting go of old 
energy within that we don't need Mm -hmm. taking care of our bodies because our bodies are you know kind of a a metaphor for the earth um you know our the earth's toxic and so is everyone's bodies unless you're doing a lot of detoxing you know um so and and taking care of animals taking care of plants taking care of other being kind to other people you know these are all just the basics and also um learning to be present which is forgotten a lot you know unless you watch a lot of Eckhart Tolle which which you should probably I anytime I, I tune into Eckhart it brings me back to where I need to be you know um this just learning to be present takes us out of the the illusion of the ego mind and back into the heart or and and it's it's into the heart I also feel it I kind of feel it behind like the seat of consciousness is like behind the eyes you know behind your eyes whenever you find yourself in a really high vibrational place maybe you just got done with a breathing meditation or I don't know a regression session or something or or an energy healing and you can feel it's like you're looking through your own eyes like that's the seat of consciousness that consciousness is naturally connected to the heart because that consciousness itself doesn't see duality it sees just everything is one and that's why that consciousness doesn't mind playing darker light characters that consciousness wanted to consciously play and wants to consciously play the game of duality and earth is one of the best places in the universe to play that game of duality because it's so uh, it's so available it's so uh it's everywhere on this planet there's such division in every facet of life you know including the crown chakra facet of life which is religion religion and, and spirituality it's 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 not really a thing on any ascended planets and really even other planets that aren't totally ascended yet it's not really a thing to have such division in the crown chakra uh themes you know what it beliefs about god i mean that's been the cause of the most strife on this planet forever you know Doesn't at least since a point since where... the end of lemuria since the end of lemuria at least yeah and so even division with everything and it's just a very blatant point isn't it it's a very blatant case in point for unity yeah i mean it's like in our face yeah exactly and do you think that some point people will just surrender or just like give up and say all right i'm just going to be in my heart uh it doesn't matter or, or this is a lot of work for light workers to get busy and help people stay in the heart and get in the heart. It, it, it won't happen all at once. Um, there won't just be this one big moment. You know, a lot of people are waiting for that. It, and it's the same consciousness of waiting for Christ to return. Christ is the consciousness that's in all of us. It's a metaphor, right? Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's like people waiting for Christ or the aliens or, or the, the grand solar flash or whatever that's all illusion um they're they're already everything all that is already here and active it's it happens in waves there won't be big aha moments where everyone on the planet opens up their heart permanently the one planetary Shucks. moment where everyone <laughs> hold on the one planetary moment where everyone will open up their heart momentarily will be first official first contact with with ets which is absolutely as far as I understand, in the timeline of Earth, sometime within the next 20 years. 
That's um, cool. So now, why would they open up their heart like that? Because of the vibration of the being? Um, actually, you know what? That's a great question. Maybe, maybe that's not accurate, even what I said, because some people probably still will be afraid. <laughs> that's a good, but what, but the ironic part is that um, the, the ETs, like supposedly the Yael, they look very much like us. A lot of the, the Nordic looking ETs look like Swedish people, you know, and uh, they, they wouldn't really look scary to earth. They don't look like monsters. And so they, it'd be a very easy easy on the eyes through, through the television for the people of earth to see, but yet um, there still could be people that would be afraid. I just feel like that would be a grand moment for most of the planet to feel this, like, wow, this connection with something greater, because it's actually true. We're actually not alone on this planet. I mean, think of like, we've been led to believe on this planet that we're alone forever. forever. And that creates a sense of being abandoned. It's, it creates a sense of being abandoned by God, like, like on a very subconscious level in, in the human unconscious, there's this wound. Um, it's like God created the cosmos. He created the, he, it, it, God, the, the energy of God created the, the cosmos, all these different galaxies that we can see through telescopes. Yet God only created one civilization on one planet and left just empty space and we're all fucking sorry we're all alone never made uh, sense. sorry about that never um, made sense never we're made all alone yeah and um yeah it, it but that creates a wound in the unconscious mm -hmm. that it's this it creates fear that we're just alone right and so i think that the that one moment that could be kind of hard at least the best we can hope for as far as a heart opening moment would be first contact but also i wouldn't i wouldn't be waiting for that either because that could be a decade off or longer i i think it could be sooner but essentially there's nothing there's nothing that we can look for that will just instantly heal all the ailments of the world all we can do is create our own timelines as individuals and as small collectives like you said like on this call the community you create and all the other amazing New Earth communities on the internet and in person, which is even more exciting, I think. Well, they're, they're both exciting, but I think it's really cool that over the past 20 years, a lot of these little farming communities have been created out in Costa Rica or Ecuador or wherever. Um, and we're gonna see more and more of those. So many of my clients, one of the things that I do in, in my private sessions it's called a future self progression and it's a, a regression journey into your future on your highest timeline so many of my clients like in the 20 to 40 year range from now they're living in these communities out in uh in the countryside and it just living in these blissful communities with little crystal temples and you know homes that everyone built and and everyone just has like a distribution of free energy and they're growing everything and they're all very happy. It's like they form their own little educational system for kids. And uh, mm -hmm. I think we have that to look forward to. I think yeah, we, that's we the can, opportunity, I believe. It is. You know, there, there will be quite a split between life in the cities and life in the countryside in these New Earth communities. And there's no judgment on either. Many light workers will still choose to live in the cities. I don't know where I'll be. Maybe I'll be in a city. Maybe I won't, I, you know, um, and either will be okay. It's just that the, 
life in the cities may look pretty futuristic. It might look like flying cars and, and, you know, no more driving, you know, you, you call your Uber and it's a flying Uber and mm. robots everywhere. And We've been uh, waiting for that. Yeah. Oh and who knows gosh. what, you know, and, and advertising, like very personalized, like very possibly intrusively, like, yep, they know you here's their advertising exactly to you. And, you know, who knows what kind of identification you might need to just do anything and all that. Uh, that might look be what it looks like in the cities and then in the countryside in these new earth communities being built, it might look very different and it might be kind of more back to Lemurian times. And I think we're seeing that Atlantis Lemurian split happening right now, and it's going to become more apparent, but what we can hope for is that in the cities that it will become the higher vibration of Atlantis, which did exist. Atlantis was amazing. And Atlantis was uh, extremely highly technological. And it, it was only that the people at the top of the pyramid in Atlantis messed everything up, just like they're doing now. But the people, the Atlantean people themselves were very amazing people. And a lot of us were there, you know, wizards and priests and priestesses and technological masters and masters of energy and all that. That's kind of the best we can hope for as far as the higher ascension timeline is that the, see the technology, the technological revolution, the AI revolution, it cannot be stopped. We just, we should give up on trying to stop it. It, it cannot be stopped. And it, I see that in the astrology. I love looking at astrology. And I talk about this a lot, the Jupiter and Saturn conjunction of December 21st, 2020, that started a 20 year cycle of Jupiter and Saturn and Aquarius, Jupiter and Saturn always launch. They kind of um, give us the idea of what the theme of the next 20 years are and what growth we'll see over the next 20 years. Aquarius is all about technology. It's all about technology. Aquarius rules technology. And so we, it can't be stopped. There's this AI revolution is going to go ahead. The best timeline though, is that the, AI integrates in a healthy way with us, with the humans, and not in a way that is going to control us, but a way that will enhance us like the Arcturians. The Arcturians are masters of integrating technology with humanity, and they live in a wonderful, peaceful, highly technological society. And that's the best we can hope for is the Arcturian. But yet we'll see the cities look very Arcturian and very Syrian. The Syrians are very much like that too. And the countryside will look more Pleiadian and more Lemurian. And I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see this mixture of Atlantis and Lemuria. And then if we continue on that highest timeline, we see them merge very, um, very gracefully. And we, this, this amalgamation of Atlantis, of the new Atlantis and the new Lemuria, but none of the hints of the darkness that messed up Atlantis and Lemuria. See, they wow. got messed up. They got uh, yeah. infiltrated by this darkness, but it wasn't the, the, the normal people. It was those at the top. So if we see enough of the, if we see the vibration of the collective conscious go high enough, oh, and this, this is going to happen so fast, you will not believe, your shorts are going to fly off how fast uh, this is going to happen. Okay. This is going to happen over the next 40 years, I think. And I think life in 20 years is going to look so much different than it does now. And life in 40 years, it's going to look even more different. 
And we're going to see this, these changes happen. And we're going to see ourselves on the new earth very quickly here, 40, 50 years. I mean, that's probably the most hopeful timeline, but we'll see Atlantis two, Lemuria two integrated with one another, people traveling freely everywhere around the planet. Some people choosing to live in these more Pleiadian communities. Some people living more in these uh, cities that look very Atlantean and everything is, is good. And then, you know, I like so many, it's, it'll merge. Yeah. Yeah. It, it merges. Yeah. See, think about it. Think about it in terms of, of, of the, the spiritual lessons with it. Atlantis and Lemuria, they didn't merge. They, they fought each other. It was division. Mm-hmm. So we can't stop the Lemurian way of life, nor would we want to. And we also can't stop the Atlantean way of life, nor should we try to. We should see them merge in a very healthy and graceful way. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, I know I'm Lemurian, and I'm also Atlantean and so many other things. But uh, I choose the ease and grace and beauty. But, you know, again... The merging with the technology, with the AI, I've also heard if it's a consciousness, it is. Let's have a relationship with the consciousness and honor it. Yeah. So, yeah, Cynthia Sue Larson actually remembers something about her, yes, timelines with AI, and that's her take on it as well. Really just being aware and conscious. Now, we want to be sovereign. Look, look. We already are integrated with AI, whether you like it or not, because yeah, it's happening. Whether you, you even if you know have a phone, if yes. you have a, an iPhone or an Android, or think Gmail about what was life it. like in the, in 1995 compared to now. You know, those were those honking <laughs> cell phones, <laughs> right? So, in some way or another, we we are kind of very connected to technology, and the new Earth is it's very highly technological. It looks a lot like really look. A lot of us star seeds, to simplify it, a lot of star seeds are from the Syrian planets, a lot are from Pleiadians, a lot are from Arcturians, a lot are from Andromeda, different Andromeda civilizations, Lyran civilizations, Orion civilizations, and there's more, but those are the main ones. Earth, the new Earth, Earth 2.0, so to speak, will look like a mixture of all of those. Okay. And that's what, that's like kind of the best case scenario for this laboratory experiment of Earth. It takes the best of, of all these different star races. So the Arcturians and, and the Andro- many Andromedan and Lyran and Syrian, they're very obsessed with technology in a, in a very positive way. The technology isn't, it doesn't drag down the vibration. See, that's one of the things right now. If you have a phone, the, vi- the energy it's putting out may not be the best thing. And medical studies can show that. You know, the, the towers that are putting up, they may not be the best things for human health because it's a very old world technology of relaying information. And on Arcturian planets and Syrian planets, none of that is harmful to the health it, because it's a different wavelength, it's a different frequency that isn't harmful. And so part of our learning as a planet is how do we integrate technology with nature in a way that nature... And also all humans are not harmed by technology whatsoever. And technology can be something that one chooses to use more or less of, but either way, it's not harming. Like for example, right now, if you live next to a tower, your health might be in jeopardy. 
Uh, but that tower is being used to help, in another sense, everyone around you to communicate better. On the new earth, there's no need for that tower because that tower, uh, we've gone to a much higher level of frequency where we don't even need those towers. We're using crystals. We're using giant crystals, invisible energy, scalar energy. All right. Thank you for that uh, update on what's going on on our planet. And really, um, just to wrap up that conversation, I would say that we are going to create a demand, create a demand for clean water, clean air, yeah, yeah. clean technology. And that's, in, that's so important you that know, we start to do that now. Like if we're going to yes. fight for things, you know, of course, as we said, freedom of for everyone to make their own choices. Right. Mm -hmm. But also clean water, clean yes. air respect non-genetically modified food right. and and a lot of times is all the letters you write to whoever might not move things much but yet we do see things shift in the way that the collective is thinking because for example big time right now right i just want to say right now everyone th this is a one thing that you can say thank you coronavirus for for giving people their voice and now people are looking, we were just talking about this, people are looking and paying attention to school boards um, right in, in New York. Yeah, true. People are uh, wanting to get involved locally. Yeah, true. Right. And corporations are now starting to be held accountable in some locations about the amount of plastics they put out. Right, right. So there's this shift. This is right along the lines of what I was about to mention, is if you think back, you know, 25 years ago, you went to the supermarket and... You just bought your produce, okay? Well, then all of a sudden, uh, we start hearing about genetically modified food. And at first, no one really was aware. So there wasn't really much of a demand for organic food. And at first, organic food was very expensive. It was like $8 for like, you know, a bag of apples or something like originally. This was what, like 15 years ago, probably. Well, more and more people started becoming aware of genetically modified food and pesticides. You know, you'd start to see these uh, these ads on TV for lawsuits for Monsanto. And then all of a sudden, the corporations look, oh, wow, look, the people are becoming aware of the need for organic food. Let's make it cheaper and let's make it more available. And now organic food is almost the same price as non-organic. And it's very widely available. And that's one of the, the examples of the the collective conscious influencing what actually happens on the outside. But a lot of times we can only expect that, not a lot of times, in general, we can only expect that to go so far. And we still have to just kind of create our own world on our own. You know, one of the coolest things I think um, that's going on out there is decentralized finance, where a lot of, um, a lot of people have started to become aware of uh, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies and the potential and this is all very, very early in its adoption, but the potential is there to changing entire economic system from a centralized economic system to a decentralized economic system that puts power back in the people who actually are holding resources rather than just conglomerations of banks that are overseen by government. So we, we see an, another small example is like um, 25 years ago, uh, if you were someone who did yoga, it was like, oh, that guy's kind of weird. He does yoga. Like, isn't that interesting? Now it's like every other commercial for Citibank or 
Chipotle or whatever. It's like, I don't know why Chipotle, but whatever, big corporations. Um, <laughs> it's uh, someone doing yoga, you know? And it's like, it's become like, oh yeah, yoga and meditation. You see ads on, on TV now for, uh, I know a lot, of, a lot of you don't watch TV anymore. I still watch TV, but um, you see ads for meditation apps. Isn't you see that ads beautiful? For a lot of, yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, so that's wonderful. We can see how that, that desire for awakening uh, and for the new earth is started. It very wow. slowly infiltrates the mainstream consciousness. Mm-hmm. But we, we can't fully rely on that. We still have to be creating our own timelines and living in our own reality bubbles that, bubbles that we want to create. Yeah. And that then, as more of us do that and more of us are activating the heart grids within, we're on the outside world, more of the heart grid is activated and we're, we'll start to see it more and more actually be visible in the public eye. There you go. Well, you've heard it from Matthew John, who gave us that beautiful update. Beautiful. So now we know how to do it. Activate the heart grid. Activate the consciousness grid. Unity. Yeah. Consciousness grid in your own body. Okay. Well, we are just over halfway through our show. And I want to make sure we get to some questions and some readings. I first want to go to Diana Valencia. And Diana... This is very interesting. I'm going to allow you to talk, Diana. Allowing. Hi, yes. Diana. <laughs> Hi, Hi Diana. Hi, Matthew. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, good. I hope you can hear me well. Um, so yeah. I just recently found out that I was part of the uh, SSP program. And um, uh, anytime I mention it, I always get headaches and all that. But um I've been having a hard time through life and what and I just what is the purpose of me being here because <laughs> I feel like because I was in the program I get a lot of interference um, in my going through life so I'm yeah. like I don't know what the purpose is what I Diana were you in the military can you share more about that experience um well the first five years of my life is is um is brainwashed i mean not brainwashed sorry it's blank i don't know what happened uh i don't i don't i hardly have any photos of myself for the first five years um most of it is in my dreams um uh, i've been uh, guided to read books about uh you know monarch and mk ultra and um, all that and i've been led to um be part of groups and others who have uh, similar, I guess, stories and backgrounds. Um, it's hard to say a lot because a lot of it, I feel like it's, it's been erased because I feel like there's a part of myself that is not there or if that makes sense. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Uh, Diana, thank you for coming on and sharing this. Um, I have to say that I'm not the right person to ask about this. I don't know a whole lot about this, actually. Um, I've had a few clients that claim to have been a part of it as well. They tell me stories about it. I just, I don't know a whole lot about it. There's a lot of other people out there who dive much more deeply into this. It's not something I've really focused on. I would say that it would make sense, though, from a sense of your, your life plan as if this was an experience that you had, that it would be part of your life plan to figure it all out and to bring awareness (laughs) to it and to form communities of people that bring it out into the open and discuss it and 
find a way to heal the traumas from it. Um, that's all, that's the alchemy of whatever trauma anyone has in their life. You know, if someone is, uh, loses a friend or a, a loved one to a drunk driving accident, a lot of times their life plan, their Dharma has to do with, um, you know, bringing awareness to the public about the dangers of drunk driving and helping heal alcoholism. So you being someone who was in the SSP, uh, as you say, um, this is your Dharma to, to alchemize that into, uh, helping other people to recover from it, recover from whatever traumas. But as far as the specifics of it, I, I really don't know. It's, it's pretty foreign to me as of yet. Okay. Well, thank you for your time, Matthew. I yeah, really thank appreciate you for coming it. Thank on. you, Lauren. Thank you, Diana. All right. Um, regressions would be really helpful for that. Barbara Lamb is a good one. The, um, the, sorry, what did you say? Regressions. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard my, my client uh, yesterday, a client was actually talking to me about it and he said the same thing, like regressions uh, for that. It's just, I don't know a whole lot about it. I really don't. I think regressions are good for all of it because we can really see um, past lives and it's yeah. our own consciousness. It's our and own consciousness. I, I do. I love doing past life regressions for people. It's one of my favorite absolute things. Like I love just helping people to understand how their particular past lives play into, you know, their, the kind of more wholeness of their soul and, and who they are in this lifetime and, and what they're meant to, uh, to, to accomplish here. So, and I don't, I don't know why some people might be chosen for that. I didn't even know that was real. I, now I'm pretty sure it's real because I've heard several people talk about it. Um, but I, I'm sure there's some sort of past lives on both sides of this kind of war, um, this Martian frequency, uh, for people who may have been chosen for, for what Diana was talking about. Okay, very good. Let's go to Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie, you are able to unmute. Do you want a reading from Matthew John? Stephanie's got a reading with me coming up. Um, <laughs> so Stephanie, uh, let's save your reading for, um, for when we have our private session. But did you want to say hi? And Stephanie's still muted, muted. So yeah, it, hi, uh, Stephanie, we're going to go on. Are, well, Let's... no, are you able to unmute her? I'd love to say hi. Stephanie, Stephanie just, um, she had uh, a battle with, uh, with COVID and she was briefly hospitalized and she had a lot of people praying for her and sending her light and she recovered fully. So it's pretty awesome. Stephanie, hi. Hi. Stephanie, hi. can you, hi, how you doing? Hi, can you see me? Yeah, no, we can't see you. We can hear you though, but how you doing? Oh my God, I'm doing so much better. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I was just telling everyone, Stephanie had a, a battle. She was hospitalized with, with Corona, but she she recovered. Um, it's pretty miraculous. So, uh, and yeah, so Stephanie, yeah. we, we've got our session coming up uh, this weekend. Yes, and Matthew, without you, I would have not made it. So, I, I don't know if that's true, but I was really happy to help you. And a lot of other people were helping you and sending you energy. So I am beyond thrilled. I've been beyond thrilled the last couple of days that you recovered. I was, was pretty worried about you for a while. So 
I'm so glad Bye. you're doing okay. Thanks for saying hi, okay? I want to let other people um, get okay, readings, so um, we'll do our reading on, on Sunday, okay? Okay. Okay, bye. Bye, honey. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. All right, there are some who are asking, what's the SSP? Well, folks, it's the Secret Space Program, and that is a rabbit hole that you Yeah, go as down. I said, and it's so, a rabbit hole I don't even know much about. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, let's see. We're going to go on to our next... Oh, yes, Barbara Lamb is one. She's highly sought after. Matthew does regressions. I do regressions. Many of the guests on this platform do regressions. They are out there. You need to go find one that you yeah, my with. My regression sessions are specifically for past lives or if you want to, well, three things, past lives, if you want to discover where you're from in the stars, like where your soul's from or into your future. Those are the only three types of regressions I do. Right, and I do past lives and other lives, off-planet lives, but every regression has higher self connection. Your higher self comes in and you hear that voice. Beautiful, okay. Well, thank you guys. Um, let's see, and again, there's a lot of, you know, hypnosis is one that will become more mainstream as we move and as mental health is, more of an issue so we're gonna it's here to stay and there's lots of certification courses for everyone as well yeah. okay let's go to caroline caroline you have the ability to unmute so you can ask matthew a question hi hi matthew it's caroline hi caroline i'm across the the, the water i'm just leaning in so i can i can hear you the can you hear well. me good uh somewhat okay but uh just speak loudly it's Caroline from Oshawa. Hi, Caroline. Hi, sweetie. Um, I put in my letter of intent to retire, then got news that I can't afford to retire, removed my letter to not retiring. I'm finding I'm being blocked in almost everything. So you know who I am, you know my, my trajectory. Yes. So what is that all about? Can retire, can't retire, not enough money to retire, et cetera. Um, okay, so you... Um... I'm just trying to understand this. You don't have enough money to retire and, and you guys were going to remind me, purchase a cabin or. Uh, well, no, Vince and I were both going to retire and, and you had seen us getting a, a farm eventually, but right. Right. Can't retire. Um, financially. It, it's not, it's we, we can't make the bills, the monthly bills. Hmm. Vince's okay. Medicaid alone is seven thousand dollars every every eight weeks, and if okay. we retire, it's no longer covered under my my plan. Okay. So that kind of put something in the wheel to say I, I can't retire. Hmm. All right. Well, um, I'm obviously not a good person to talk to about finances, but I will at least see what the cards say about all this. Or, yeah, and even intuitively, I'm not looking for financial uh, assistance, but. Oh, I know. And I'm just like, I, would, I wouldn't be able to do that. But um, yeah, I'm just going to see what the cards say about this. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for everything, by the way. What's that? 
Thank you, Caroline. Nice yeah, to meet you. Yeah. What does Sarah have to say about this forward for Caroline and Jen's child support? Um, Caroline, I mean, we, well, we've got the seven of cups in reverse, the wheel of fortune card and the hierophant card, which is telling me that I don't know if you're truly seeing all opportunities here. If you and Vince might, uh, it just seems like this is going to work out for you to be able to do what you want to do, because we've got the wheel of fortune here, the hierophant card, which is Hierophant card is talking about um, banking institutions in this context. Um, it, and it could be government government things as well. I just still get the sense that you guys are still going to be just fine. Maybe, maybe it's not the time right now, ultimately. Um, I know I, I thought it would be, but maybe it's ultimately not the time, I guess, because I, I, I don't know exactly what the situation is, but it seems like everything's still going to work out exactly great for you guys to retire. So I'm a bit confused, I guess. Um, I just, I wonder if you're looking at all possibilities. Okay. I would keep a very optimistic view here. Really. I, I'm, I'm getting very optimistic cards. What I'm feeling and seeing still seems to be like you guys are right on track. Um, yeah, just make sure you're looking at all possibilities, I guess. Uh, and email me too if if uh, if there's more specifics that I can I can maybe help with. But okay, since I get is it's still going to work out fine. Okay, we'll let others come through. All right, my sweet, thank you. Okay, Caroline, thanks for checking in. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Caroline. Um, do you love your work? Do you like what you do? No, hey? I've worked at the Ontario government for 33 years. I don't like it, but Lauren, I have many, many, many gifts. And um, they, they, I have to quit my job in order to do that she, full time. Caroline's an amazing, amazing intuitive and healer. And, uh, and Vince has got, to, her husband has some skills too that he's starting to develop they're both beautiful beautiful light workers um and uh you know they're they're they've been wanting to retire for a while for many reasons and i really think it's still going to work out just fine i think there's a way you guys can figure this out i, I do lauren what were you gonna say i can feel you and my heart just expanded <laughs> Email me, please, Caroline. I will, beautiful. You know, this is really good and really important for anyone listening, actually. We've talked a lot about this, is that sometimes we separate our skills from government. I had a very dear friend who was in a police department, and she was psychic, but she was not doing the psychic abilities in the police department. She had to retire before she could bring on her 
let's call it an encore career doing that which you love I'm you gotta have the time to be able to do it to to put the now. energy in yeah you know <laughs> i i've only been doing this stuff full-time for, for four years before that i was always doing other things but doing it full-time my skills have amplified by a hundred times i will email you because my heart expanded big when you said that so thank you both thank you thank you yeah thanks caroline things are going to work out fine okay keep up the faith okay <laughs> yes and, and remember your power your power of manifestation too you know do some yeah. some do some ceremonies and some EFT and uh, just wrote you know, some road opening ceremonies. And you'll, you guys can figure out a way here. I, I really believe it. Be yes. patient. Maybe it's not this year. Maybe it's early next year, but it, it'll, it'll work out. And right now you're building a bridge towards what it is that you can do and offer as a service. Yeah. So that'll be great. Um, we help light workers get their businesses up and running and now's the time everyone we are definitely in a digital world and that's a great way to meet people again it's that partnership with the ai artificial intelligence okay thank you caroline so much love so much love thank you and uh loren um i do want to mention you know um usually uh well not usually but uh, i i in the readings uh, I've done on other calls with you, I haven't, uh, you know, we haven't been on video. So I haven't always used the cards in other readings, but I want to use them for this reading. Yes. And plus, because we're on video and I'm teaching a, a tarot course here Tell us uh, to that. bring people from zero to 60. I don't, if, I don't care if you've never picked up the tarot deck in your life, or if you're a beginner or you're intermediate, this comprehensive tarot course that I'm doing is fantastic. It's nine weeks of study plus a three hour uh, video to watch to get you caught up on on the class one class two starts September 11th and the tarot um, is one of the best ways that I've found to uh, improve your intuition it's been a part of my journey for over a decade it's what really started me as an intuitive and it's a it's a dear friend to me and I find that it is one of the absolute best if not the best way for Lightworkers who want to improve their intuition, their intuitive skills to do so because these cards are not simple. You know, you look at the six of six of wands here and there's no clear answer as to what this means, but you can get a feeling, you know, a guy on a horse, he seems to be happy. People seem to be happy to see him. You know, maybe this card might have to do with leadership qualities or it might have to be have to do with being seen in a good light or accomplishment or whatever. And those are all potential meanings of the six of wands, but there are also 20 other meanings. So just going, having a tarot book, you know, with the meanings or looking them up on Google is great, but it doesn't give you the whole picture of what the tarot is. The tarot is an intuitive tool and you have to use the depictions to activate your intuition. So when you lay the cards out and you're doing a reading for yourself or someone, it absolutely activates your intuition to speak, whether it's through feelings or through words in your head or through visions or whatever it is. And you learn uh, to use those aspects of self. It really, it, it was the number one thing that um, made me into the intuitive that I am is the tarot. So I'm teaching a course on it on Saturdays, five o'clock in New York, two o'clock in LA, um, 10 o'clock in London. And it's great. We got a great little group of people. We just did the first call last Saturday. The second call is September 11th. 
Um, and I would love to have some more people join the course. We go through really in depth exactly what every symbol on it means, what the astrology of the card is, the numerology of the card, how the cards to connect each other, how to actually use the deck, how to do different spreads. You're going to get a certificate of completion at the end of the course showing 25 hours of tarot study with me. And you get a, a free 45 minute reading with me as well. So um, it's really it's really a great value for all the instruction you get. 25 hours or more is going to be a Q&A with me at the end of the call. And it's a really fun group, really kind people. And we had so much fun on the first call. So I really hope to get some more people to uh, to join uh, the tarot course uh, off of this call here. Thank you. I want to let everyone know that that is in the Zoom chat. And it's also right here on this web page. There's actually a button that says special offer tarot course. So you can check that out. That's on New Earth One Network as well. <clears throat> Beautiful. Okay. So um, I want to share as well, Matthew, that the tarot cards, yes, whenever I needed questions answered in my own life. Yeah. So a really good relationship with the tarot deck is very beneficial. It is. It becomes a friend. A friend. I, and I teach that yes. in the course. So you really I used to journal it and just like. And yes, go, that's and great. Then, yeah, you really should teach to, to just treat the deck as a friend. The deck really, it becomes its own entity. And sometimes the deck has quite the sense of humor. Sometimes you will, uh, you'll do a reading for yourself or someone else. And you'll see how the deck is kind of presenting the answer in a humorous way. So often the deck will give you more than you asked for. You asked one question and the deck will give you information about everything around it. That is actually what you really need to know. Um, and very often you will develop your own specific language with your tarot deck. There will be certain cards that mean something for you. And you'll see those cards over and over again, and you'll know immediately what it means for you. And then for people, if you're doing readings for other people, the same sort of thing happens where you'll start to see the same cards pop up for, for them and you'll know exactly what it means for them. And it's just, it's, there's 78 cards in this deck. I'm a, a reader who reads them up and down. So the Ace of Pentacles upright is, means, means something very different than the Ace of Pentacles reversed. So really that makes 156 cards. And in these 156 cards, there's every single possible life theme that you could find, whether you're living in the Middle Ages or in Atlantis or, or Lemuria or in 2021, any possible experience of life can be somehow related to these cards. It's incredible. So it's my absolute favorite tool and that's why I love teaching it. Yes, thank you. And again, um, that's all available right there to go register or at least check it out. It's 10 weeks, uh, 10, 10 weeks. Sessions. Yeah, it, that's why sessions. I call it the comprehensive course because and there are uh, two to two and a half hour calls. The first call was three hours. Yes. And all you got to do is watch that first three hour call to get yourself caught up. And three hours. Then, yep. Okay. Um, I have a quick question. Maybe you yeah. want to share. When you're doing your tarot and you're tossing your cards, you're paying yeah. attention to the signs of everything, right? What happens? Sorry. When a, Can you repeat that? Sorry. When you're when you're tossing your cards or yeah. shuffling your cards, yeah. you're paying attention to everything. So what happens if a card pops out or falls yeah. out? Yeah, so that's a great question. So if a card pops out, well, first of all, if, if you're shuffling and like multiple cards pop out, just put them back in. Well, most of the time, if like two or three cards pop out, use your intuition. If your intuition says, oh, those are important, 
put those to the side. If one card pops out, you should always take that card and put it to the side. It doesn't have to be a part of your spread, but put it to the side as a clarifier and to like as the overarching theme. And a lot of times what happens, the tarot is so funny, is if like one, two or three cards pop out and you put them back in the deck while you're shuffling, you'll get them anyways when you stop shuffling. I find that happens all the time. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, the cards that pop out, they're generally important unless you just drop like eight of them, then just put them back, you know? Yes. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, we have time for another yeah. um, caller. Let's go Let's to go for Shelly. It. Shelly, hello. Hi, Loren. Thank you so much for taking my call. And you look gorgeous. I have to say that. And hi, John. Hi, yeah. hi, Shelly. And you look gorgeous too. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks. Uh, I love your work. I've, Thank I've you. truly wanted to talk to you for quite a few years. So my question is, I got a reading, and I'll make this quick, uh, several, quite a, a while ago, telling me that I was from a scientist from another planet, um, similar to Earth, but that I was going, I came down this time to help uh, people crystallize, you know, to, to change, to, okay. to grow. And it resonated with every ounce of my being. I, I know she was accurate. My question has been, what planet i know that it doesn't matter today we're from everywhere but can you sense where oh it matters it matters i, I feel it does i feel it does so many people yeah. say oh we're from everywhere now but well that's the paradox you are from a place and you're also not yes yes and i, I when i do my work and when i meditate i'm constantly wanting to know who my family is to yeah. help assist me. So yeah, yeah. So let, let me tune in. Thanks. Let me let me ask to be shown that information. Thank I'm just gonna you. close my eyes for a moment here. Thank you. See, Shelly, you're one of the uh, you're one of the ones that is a little bit more difficult to pinpoint because it's not in this galaxy and it's not in the Andromeda galaxy, which are the two most common places. And I'll get to where you are from in a second. I just want to mention one of my clients had emailed me yesterday or the day before with an interesting question. It's like, you know, she says like, oh, you say um, that, uh, you know, from all the starseed sessions that you do you know, would you say that most people are from our, the Milky Way or from Andromeda? And if so, why? Because like in the whole context of everything, isn't space irrelevant? Um, and, you know, my answer was, well, it is and it isn't, you know, it's a paradox. Well, from, from one perspective, space is relevant. So proximity is relevant. So the beings that are, have the closest proximity to Earth are the ones that are most interested in earth and thus the most star seeds come from these places yet also from another's perspective space doesn't matter and you know shelly i i pick you up from being from another galaxy it's not andromeda uh it's not the milky way that we're in and it's a humanoid civilization they seem kind of white white and like an white to icy blue kind of like icy blue skin 
they seem to be um, pretty solid, but they can also be more etheric if they want to. They're kind mm -hmm. of in that upper fifth dimensional range where they don't really have to be uh, too solid, but they choose to be much like the Pleiadians. And uh, yeah, very much a scientist and kind of here on a research mission to earth, living, through, living the reincarnation cycle out to transmit energy back and information back to your home planet. And uh, also, you know, to transmit information to humans around you. So I don't know the name of the galaxy. It's not super far away, but it's, it's not Andromeda. It's relatively close, but I couldn't tell you anything more than that. Fascinating. And does that answer why I have such a hard time being in, not on earth. I love my life, but with human, <laughs> with people. I mean, I, I just, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I love people, but I, yet I don't relate the same way. It's a, a strange relation. So maybe that doesn't fit. Yeah. I mean, honestly, um, a lot of starseeds have that anyways. Yes. It's yes. just, it's, it's a foreign galaxy. I do notice that actually with the starseeds that do come from galaxies outside of the Andromeda Milky Way sister ship, as I call it, because they're two sister galaxies uh, or sisterhood, um, that, yeah, they don't really feel that connected with humans because it's, it's a very foreign place. It's like, yeah. you know, if you were an American and you were going to go to stay with a, 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 a tribe in Cambodia or something like where they were still living, you know, with ancient methods, it would yeah. uh, be yeah. a culture shock. So it's like, it's like a culture yes. shock for your, uh, for your soul. Yes. Beautiful way to put it. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. And thank you so much, Loren. I, this is, I got chill. So thank you very much. Yeah. And Kim, Kim says uh, she knows exact, she resonates completely with uh, what I was saying and what Shelly was saying is that being from another galaxy, you feel different, you know? That's the word. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. For, Thank you for, for Thank joining. You. Thank you. Thank you, Shelly. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thank you. I'm looking at my clock and it says 222. And these are the 222 codes. So we're soaking them up right now. And next year, 2022. Really cool. I can feel that's the right. of that already. Can't oh, that's you? right. I mean, it feels great. It does. It feels really good. So game on, everybody. Get busy with living in the heart and creating solutions there's new earth solutions there's new earth creativity and that's why we do this inner work so that we can clear out the old and really advance our passions and love and heart space into the world so matthew you spoke about your tarot comprehensive tarot reading course that's really helpful for people who want to become healers it's just another tool in our kit right in yes. our toolbox so that's beautiful. We invite people to check that out. Again, that's yes. on this webpage at AcousticHealth.com. Look yes. for the replay from Matthew John. And you've got another special offer. This is really how people can have sessions with you. And yes. then, of course, you've taught a lot of classes, and that's a, an added bonus. Yes, yes. For, for people who are interested in having a reading with me, if you purchase a tarot course, 
you do get a free 45 minute soul plan reading with me. And we can look into so many things in that we can use the tarot. We cannot use the tarot. I'll probably do a little bit of both, um, but we can look into your soul contracts with other people. You want to know what uh, your relationship is with a certain person in your life, what happened in past lives between you and that person. You want to know what the soul contract is. You want to know about your own past lives. You want to know about where you're from in the stars. You want to know about your life, but your specific life purpose, life mission, dharma, you want to know about your spirit guides, really anything we can go into in that reading. So you do get that with the course. Um, if the tarot course doesn't interest you right now, a lot of people have been messaging me and telling me like they would absolutely love to do it. It's just they don't have the time on Saturdays right now. Saturdays doesn't work for them or whatever. Um, and by the way, if, if that time doesn't work for you for a few days, it's Saturday at 5 p.m. Uh, in New York, 2 p.m. in L.A., um, you know, you can watch the replay. I upload the replay almost immediately after the call. Um, and, but I do like you to be there on most of the live calls if possible, at least some of them. Um, but anyways, for people who don't want to do the tarot course right now, or you already know how to read the tarot pretty well, uh, and you want to do a reading with me, we also have my other packages available. There's a pack, a digital package where there's 16 of my courses, and these are much shorter courses. So these courses are all between an hour and a half and three hours, and they're really simple. You just, uh, some of them are audio, some of them are video. You just, you know, find a time, listen to them or watch them, take some notes. There's some meditations and activations on some of them. And really there's so many, there's a whole range of topics that uh, you can learn about and you can read about those on the special offer page. And there's also a package that includes those 16 courses plus the soul plan reading with me. So your choice. You want to do the tarot course, you get the reading with that uh, included. If you don't want to do the tarot course and you'd still like a reading with me, there is an option to purchase my other courses, the shorter courses, along with um, the reading. And also, if you wanted to do both the tarot course and my 16 other mini courses and the reading, you could purchase the tarot course and the digital package uh, together. Beautiful. Again, thank you for making that available. Both yeah, those um, are just full of info. Full absolutely, of absolutely. And Loren, um, I, it uh, kind of came to me. Uh, let me know if uh, maybe we'd like to do some sort of unity meditation before the end of the call. I think that would be a great thing to do. Um, I can just kind of channel through something, and we can uh, we can do that if you'd like. We have four minutes left, and so let's go ahead and do a double dose of the 222 codes. Can, can we go over up by a few seconds. minutes or we have to, uh, are we? Let's make it four minutes and 44 seconds. Not just, <laughs> just in your heart. You don't have to hit it exactly, but I'm saying that in jest. So everyone, this is a beautiful space to focus on unity. Thank you. Okay. So let's all just take a nice deep breath through the solar plexus. And another nice deep breath. And a third nice deep breath through the solar plexus. Imagine light coming in, white light coming in from as far above you as you can imagine, as far up into the sky as you can imagine. Imagine. Imagine this white light coming down through your crown and you're seeing each of your 
seven main chakras, active, beautiful, full, your violets and white crown chakra, your indigo third eye, your sky blue throat chakra, your green and pink heart, your yellow, golden yellow solar plexus, your orange sacral, your red root, and then also the black earth star chakra below your feet and see that light going down into the earth, all the way down into the center of the earth. And then imagine spreading that white light all around you. And now imagine you're spreading this white light out to cover your entire neighborhood. And I want you to feel this sense of purity and add some rays of pink into that white light. Imagine you're sending this pink and white light out to your entire neighborhood. And imagine everyone feeling themselves in their heart, everyone around you in your neighborhood stopping for a moment to feel their heart and to feel this sense of love and neighborly unity. And imagine spreading that light out to cover your entire city or town and everyone in your city or town just stopping to feel their heart, to feel this pink light, maybe look up into the sky feel the sunlight and feel this sense of love and unity. Imagine all the animals around you, your pets and also the animals in nature joining in and kind of singing together. Imagine everyone in your community singing some very sweet tone, looking at the sun, the plants seem to be singing, the trees seem to be singing. And imagine spreading that light to cover your entire state or province, and now your entire nation, and continue spreading that white and pink light out till it covers the entire planet. And imagine a pink grid of energy gridding around the planet, this pink heart grid being active, Imagine all beings are standing no matter where they are on the planet. They're on some point on this pink heart grid and they're feeling their heart expand with love. They're dropping all their baggage, everything from the past and just feeling love and a sense of unity. Imagine this white light now infiltrating these grids and creating unity amongst all earth beings and all animals and all beings on the planet. Imagine all beings on the planet having plates full of wonderful organic food. Imagine the rivers and the oceans and the lakes being crystal clear and the fish swimming happily. Imagine the forest being clear of all litter the animals playing happily and imagine the skies being crystal clear blue around the planet. Humans, animals, and plants all living together happily as one. And may it be so, and may it be so, and may it be so. And so it is. And I see the water so blue, it's pristine. Yes. 
thank you, thank you, thank you, Matthew, John, for this. You're welcome. Thank you for everyone for joining on that. Yes, always fascinating. All right, everyone. Thank you, too, for joining us. We are excited to be here, and we hope that you can feel the great love in your heart. And we thank you for sharing it with the world. Thank you, Matthew, John. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to this quantum conversation and thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all quantum conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste.